Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our number one of the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. It's a Friday, baby. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here on your turn it on, leave it on station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you till 11 o'clock tonight on a star-studded edition of the Get Right on your home of the Cowboys in Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, at Larry D. Flores, if you want to get at us on Twitter. Coming up in 20 minutes, Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers. She's going to join us to help us preview the American League Division Series between the good guys and the Baltimore Orioles. First pitch tomorrow at high noon. Andrew Heaney going to get the start for the good guys in game one of the ALDS. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers joins us at 720. At 820, got to get you ready for Texas OU. Corey Moe's sports anchor for KVU in Austin. He's going to be joining us to get you ready for a huge Red River rivalry game tomorrow at the Cotton Bowl. Corey Mills at 820 and at 9.20 tonight, David Hellman of Fox Sports, the NFL on Fox podcast. He's going to join us to get us ready for a huge weekend. Cowboys 49ers, and I get to talk all my trash because my Mizzou Tigers host his LSU Tigers. I'm sure that's the word that you want to use right now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. in Columbia, Missouri, against star-studded edition of the Get Right Tonight. But Reg, we kick off our show tonight with a rivalry renewed at 720 on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Cowboys, mm. 49ers, mm. NFC supremacy on the line, maybe best team in the NFL on the line on Sunday night as the San Francisco 49ers at 4-0 welcome in Mike McCarthy. And it appears... His starting five on the offensive line. No fantasy football, baby. That's right. That's right. Going into Sunday night football. Man, this is exciting. Um, I'm oddly nervous. Oh, what you nervous about? I just like the entirety of it. Like this is one of those where it feels like there's a lot of outcomes that are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like, look, man, we've talked a lot about this game. Either directly or indirectly. Been a lot to talk about. Let's be honest. All offseason, the talks about how this team gets better are filtered through the lens of can they beat San Francisco? Whether that's right or wrong, right? Like ultimately, there's a possibility that you end up you you are end up getting to where you want to go and not even having to pass through San San Francisco in the postseason. But because of the last couple of seasons, it feels like all roads go through San Francisco. And because of the way that the NFC, the top of the NFC is stacked, it feels like you're going to have to go through the likes of San Francisco and or Philadelphia to get to where you want to go. And so we have been talking about this for months on top of months. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, you could say even over a year because it go, dates back to the year prior. Mm-hmm. And so this feels like not even just another insta- uh, installation in that series, but this feels like almost the capstone in a weird way, even though, again, like I said, you might still have to go and do it again or win in another situation, 
later in the season or in the postseason against this team, but this just feels like the one that you've been building up to for so long. We have been talking about this matchup since the calendar came out earlier this year about what this matchup could mean for both of these teams and then going forward for the rest of the year. The Cowboys at 3-1 and one after a historic beatdown of the New England Patriots. The San Francisco 49ers who have beat down everything in its path, including last week against the Arizona Cardinals where Christian McCaffrey went smooth off in that football game. These two teams, as you mentioned, have to see one another if they want to get ultimately where they want to go, and that's to the NFC Championship game and beyond. This game will tell me who the best team is in the National Football League. Oh, Philly need not apply? No, Philly doesn't need to apply this week. Kansas City Chiefs need not apply? Kansas City, y'all can sit out this one this week as well. Buffalo Bills need not apply? See you later. Miami, y'all got your ass whipped last week. You're out of the conversation going into this week. (laughs) It is the Cowboys and 49ers who will tell me who the best team is in the National Football League. And there's so many matchups that we are going to look forward to. Obviously, the defensive line for San Francisco, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, the reigning defensive player of the year, versus what looks like will be the starting five for the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys for the first time in the Tyler Smith era, if you will. But there is one matchup, Reg, that does concern me going into Sunday that hasn't necessarily been talked about. That if you go back to the Jets game for this Cowboys secondary, gave me a little bit of pause that particular day. And that's the speed of the San Francisco 49ers. Hello, Debo Samuel. Hello, Brandon Ayuk, who I think is a little bit better route runner than Debo Samuel. The speed and that having to deal with Stephon Gilmore Mm. and whether or not he's going to have a little bit long of a day. I'm not necessarily worried about Deron Bland. I think Deron Bland is going to be okay. Stephon Gilmore gives me a little bit of concern knowing how much speed and how much quickness Ayuk and Debo Samuel, along with Samuel's physicality, can present to him in particular that's a player that's going to be an X factor for me on Sunday and how he deals with that speed and quickness that the Cal- or that the 49ers receiver core uh, presents to him on Sunday and what that does for Brock Purdy and his ability to get the football to those guys. Sure, I, I think that's a fair thing to be concerned about. It kind of leans into one of the things I'm concerned about, which is the ways in which the middle of the field throwing the football on this Cowboys is something that you can do. Mm-hmm. And that the reason why I remember that is, hey, remember when Garrett Wilson – Got free. Yes. And he's supposed to be tracked across the that, field. That's right. By well, That was Stephon Gilmore, That was no? Stephon Gilmore. And then, of course, Malik Hooker, who we talked about with Katie Drummond yesterday, right mm-hmm. here on 105 Through the Fam, on the Kate right? We were talking about how Malik Hooker has kind of left a little something to be desired over the center of the park. So those two coming together and, you know, kind of flubbing on that one particular play, at least, I, I, I use that as kind of a illustrative point of the way that, you know, Crossers over the middle can be can be a problem for this team, and statistically, over the middle is a place where they where they're susceptible. Specifically, I'll give you that yes. number one in defensive DVOA versus passes to the left mm-hmm. and to the right. Yep. but they're number twenty seven in the NFL in passes up the middle. Where does San Francisco love to live? And that's exactly the point. Is like yes. you talk about they love those crossers. They love making cornerbacks have to you know, defend them across the field. And that's one of the things where DeBron, DeRon Bland has done pretty solid tracking guys across the field. Um, Stephon Gilmore, I'm very intrigued to see how he handles that because yeah, no, that that is fair. There's this one glaring moment that definitely, you know, is still going to ring in my in my head, and then there's also that statistical analysis that you brought up when it comes to their placement, when it comes to DVOA. So no, I understand and I see that, and that's just one of the things that comes into the idea that no team is going to be flawless in this NFL. 
but that is a flaw that they are particularly and uniquely set up to attack. Mm-hmm. Is that something that they're going to be able to get to? Is that something that they're going to be able to consistently go to? And are you going to be able to mitigate that with any other things? Like, hey, maybe applying enough pressure to Brock Purdy where he's not able to get to those things down the middle of the field. I, I Look, I think that that's a fair, a very fair concern that you have in this game. And there's a lot of fair concerns because clearly this is a good football team that you're going up against. Very good. But thankfully for your Dallas Cowboys, this is you also have a good football team on the right nights. And so the thing for me is just like, is this going to be the right night? Because we have seen them, obviously they've done well against tough competition in pieces and parts. We've seen them do well against a good defense. We've seen them, you know, really hold up their own in that way offensively. And we know what this defense is capable of in quite a lot of circumstances. Um, are they going to be able to do all of those things in tandem and also not make any, not make mistakes? I don't want to say any mistakes because that feels like an unfair bar to hold them to, but not make a whole bunch of mistakes to make the job even harder than it has to be because this is a difficult job that you're, that you're undertaking. Cowboys have won the last three regular season matchups between these two teams, but we know that they've lost the last two when it's matter most in the playoffs. 55.2 is the number here. The Cowboys secondary has allowed 55.2 passer rating against opposing quarterbacks the second lowest passer rating in the NFL. You say, Kevin, why do you bring that that particular number up? That's because Brock Purdy, so far this year in the National Football League, has torched man coverage, ranking in the top three in QBR, yards per attempt, and touchdown to interception ratio Entering since entering the NFL last year. He'll face a Cowboys defense that has played man coverage, Reg, at the highest rate in yeah. the NFL since the start of last season, which again goes to my point about what that matchup could be for Stephon Gilmore matching up against Ayuk and Debo Samuel at times and whether or not he'll be able to win that matchup because the Cowboys could be getting torched in man coverage because Brock Purdy loves to throw against that particular coverage. Yeah, I think that this is where kind of the complete game aspect of this is going to be necessary. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to put them in obvious passing downs where your offensive or your defensive line can pin their ears back and go get him, go get after him, right? Put him under pressure. Um, and I think that that's going to be really imperative, obviously, in that aspect, but then also the primary aspect of, and we've talked about this, we've talked it to death this week, Chris McCaffrey's a bad man. Right, the offensive line that they have, uh, b- bad dudes. Right, like this can be, this could be a really tough day if you are allowing them to have successful rushes on first and second down, um, or whenever they ultimately, you know, choose to employ that. If they're just working your asses in the trenches, mm-hmm. the game is over right then and there. So, like first and foremost, that's going to need to be something that shows up in a big way. Um, how are you seeing this play out? Because, I mean, we could talk all day about the things that we're concerned about because clearly there's a lot of good things that are happening. And, mm-hmm. yes, thank you, 6A2, for reminding us or reiterating that, yeah, Debo is not 100%. Debo is dealing with I, – I know that his the rib injury is not showing up on the injury report, but he's still dealing with other injuries that have kind of limited him. Yeah, the oh. knee concern is of the primary issue for him going into this week. But if he's going to be on the field, he's going to be – you know, as best as he can for the San Francisco 49ers. I will say And this. at the very least, he will be someone that, you know, the defense is having to consider. Like to some, Sometimes when it comes to defense, sometimes like one of your ba- greatest skills is forcing a defense to have to account for you. And that they have a lot of those. It's funny because, you know, the one person who we haven't talked about in this entire matchup, I feel like this entire week. George Kittle? Not George Kittle hardly at all. And we know how good he is as a pass catcher and as a blocker within this offense. Just another X factor 
uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, before we get to how this thing will play out, mm-hmm. another piece of intrigue added to this matchup today. Yeah. Uh, Randy Gregory is now a member of the San Francisco 49ers as he was traded today from the Denver Broncos, who were originally going to release him. He has been traded to the Denver Broncos. He'll get a fresh start there just in time to see his old team in the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I saw that, and in one way, happy for Andy Gregory. Um, it does kind of feel funny, though. Like, remember what we were heard from kind of broadest mm-hmm. with his conversations mm-hmm. with Randy, Randy in the way that it's like, hey, you know, may not may not want to be in Dallas just because all the dudes, San Francisco, don't got a lot of dudes. <laughs> they but, got some dudes. <laughs> look, man, I, I always subscribe to the theory you can't have too many I mean, pass rushers or yeah. edge rushers or, you know, guys on the edge of your defense. Like, th- those guys... If you can have a rotation of them and you will utilize, actively utilize mm-hmm. a rotation of them, you want to have them. I don't know how much he factors in in this game, right? Like I don't, I don't think he will if if he plays at all. I don't know that yeah. he plays. And then also, I don't know that he's bringing anything, any intel, any intelligence yeah. to this game. I know that um, the Niners coaching staff has had to answer questions about, does Trey Lance offer intel about, I think it was sure. John Lynch was actually talking mm-hmm. about this. Uh, is Trey Lance going to be somebody that's giving them intel on what the Niners do? And obviously it's like, well, man, you can know what we're going to do. Basically his 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 uh, perspective was, you can know what we're going to do, you got to go stop it. That's right. Right. And so, look, man, that's ultimately the name of the game, I think, in both these instances. These teams are very well understood, I think, mm-hmm. and on a large scale, who's going to be able to stop whom. Yes, and how this game plays out for me, I think this is a close football game. As I mentioned a little bit earlier this week on Cowboys Crosstalk, I do have the Cowboys winning this game. Uh, I'm going to go 28-23. I think it's going to be a close game in San Francisco. Here's the thing that I've talked about a little bit earlier this week that still remains the focal point for me is the trenches, specifically the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco defensive line, but also something that to keep watch as well. With Dallas on defense, Micah Parsons' versatility to be able to line up in a lot of different places, whether it be over the A-gap, on the outside, coming from different places on the field. How he gets after Colton McKivitz, the right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers, not necessarily great over there on that right side. How the Cowboys could exploit that matchup will be something to watch because we know it's going to be hell for whomever is on matchup against Trent Williams because he is right now still the best left tackle in all football. But I think that's a matchup you can exploit if you're the Dallas Cowboys on defense by taking advantage of Colton McKivitz, the right tackle for them. But this, to me, will come down to can you get after the quarterback? The Cowboys are the best team in the NFL in terms of pressure rate. 49ers are sixth in the NFL at pressure rate, but they don't have to bring a lot of guys to do it. Cowboys is a team that can sack the quarterback, much like San Francisco. The defensive and offensive lines are going to tell me everything I need to know because that will open up everything for Christian McCaffrey. If you're the San Francisco 49ers in the run game, make things easier for Brock Purdy to get things down to, you know, Ayuk and Samuel. Conversely, for the Cowboys, how things open up for Tony Pollard in the run game with your starting offensive line there, hopefully all five of them, and hopefully some of those long developing routes with Brandon Cooks if you can get a little bit of extra second of protection to be able to maybe open things up downfield. Offense and defensive lines, I think, tells us everything I need to know, at least for me, going into Sunday night. Shout out to the homie Zach Wolchuk, uh, obviously listening, always toe-lowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentioned that um, that Randy won't play, obviously going back to Denver to get mm-hmm. his, his things in order, and then he'll join the team Monday. Okay. Is what we're going with there when it comes to Randy. But, um, yeah, I see this. I'm, I'm still going to be influenced by that game in the postseason last year, right? And... I think that this is going to end up being a, what was the number that, 23-20 final 
and currently I'm leaning in favor of the Niners. I think that the Cowboys are capable of winning, but I know that the there's a lot of things that were like, oh man, if this offense does that, and look, man, this offense has been very good at you know getting down the field, but what happens if turnovers are now incorporated into the way that this whole thing goes? And I I'm still, like I said, deathly afraid of the ways that one, if the run game is not completely shut up. For, uh, for them and then two the way that they can attack the middle of the field now of course 23 points is not a ton because I still think I, I'm 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 very I'm very pro this defense I'm, I'm I still think mm-hmm. that this is a matchup of very good teams but I don't know I, I feel like we've seen more of it for the Niners thus far now the Cowboys are capable of doing all the things necessary to win this game but as of right now and I also couch all of this in the idea that I don't know, right? Like this is one of those games where I still don't know exactly what's going to happen, and so I'm excited. Just like uh, this this text from the eight one seven, I think this encapsulates it pretty quick, uh, pretty well, uh, verbatim. I literally have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I'm so excited, but also a little nervous, and I feel like that's kind of the way that this thing goes for me. All I know is that there's one particular guy that's got to show up large for this team on Sunday, Dak Prescott. All the talk over the last year after what happened last year, this office not being able to get you 20 points to win that game on the road to get to the NFC title game. Dak Prescott needs to be on full display this Sunday night against San Francisco. Along with that, right? Because I was you know, listening to a podcast and they were talking about this game. And one of the things that uh, I was reminded of, I believe it was Marcus Spears on it, Hey man, there was a lot. There's been a lot of drops in the red zone that have added to your red zone woes. Mm-hmm. Pass catchers got to be on their p's and q's as Tight well. Ends. Like, cannot waste the opportunities. Understanding that you have not been in tip top shape when it gets to red zone. Big time players make big time plays, and I think that's what that's also another thing. In addition to yes, Dak definitely needs to be on his p's and q's. He mm-hmm. has not been great against the Niners in the last couple of op- instances that you have had. But you need everybody to be on their game. It can't be hitting the tight end in his hands and him dropping it in the end zone. Cowboys 49ers, a rivalry renewed on Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys take on San Francisco at 720. That game can be seen on NBC and, of course, heard on the Dallas Cowboys radio network here on 105.3 The Fan. Pre-game beginning at 4 o'clock with Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broaddus. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next... Let's get you ready for the American League Division Series between your Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers joins us next on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the Get Right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Larry D. Flores, all decked out in his Texas gear, ready for Texas, Oklahoma this weekend. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Coming up here in just a moment, Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers going to join us live from Baltimore as the Rangers get ready to take on the Baltimore Orioles at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter, coming up in 16 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League on what is a busy week five in the NFL. We'll go around the NFL in 16 minutes here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, though, 
We go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in Texas Rangers beat writer for MLB.com. You can find her on Twitter at Ken Landry live in Baltimore. Baltimore. Kennedy Landry joining us here on the Get Right. Kennedy, what's going on? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm out here in Baltimore just chilling, waiting for the game. Doing all right. We, you sound kind of echoey right now, so I would like to ask the question, and I hope <laughs> that I do not uh, regret the answer. Where are you uh, having this conversation with us right now? I was at the hotel bar, but I can step outside if that helps. It might. Um, with that being the case, you're at the hotel bar, you're in Baltimore. Like, What kind of seafood are we talking about? Mm. Are, are you, what are you anticipating or what have you already gotten to uh, when it comes to f- food? Ah, so me and Evan Grant and Sean McFarlane and the whole beat went over to get some crabs yesterday. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, had some raw oysters. We were definitely, you know, making our rounds here in Baltimore, getting some food done. I'm just, I'm right in that far. I'm not doing anything else just yet. Okay. All right. So now I have to draw on your, you know, your experience as a traveling writer, you know, following the team. Um, what would you say is your favorite food city um, on the beat? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I think it's, it sounds cliche, but it's hard to go wrong with New York. I just feel like there's a place to eat everywhere you go there. I love New York. Um, I think Baltimore is underrated, actually. And C- Seattle has a lot of good seafood. There's a lot of good sushi and Asian food out there. Um, any of the California cities are great for Mexican food. And I know we have a lot of Tex-Mex here. Uh, but you, I, I just lo- love to, like, get the local food when I'm out on the road. So I, I have a lot of answers I can give you. Kennedy, before we turn our attention to the Rangers and the Orioles tomorrow, let's take a quick look back on what happened in the wild card series between the Rangers and the Rays. What was your biggest takeaway from that series that you want to see continue going up against Baltimore in this series? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that, hey, if the starters can go long, then the bullpen's in good shape. I mean, if you only need to use two or three bullpen guys, I don't think you have to worry about the, the collapses that we've seen so many times. Uh, this season, especially when it comes to uh, a short series like an ARDS, like the wild card, uh, things are a little bit easier there. You know, if you only need to use a little Chapman once and he's able to start twice, uh, that works a lot better than going through the rest of the bullpen arms, even though you do have to have them on. So uh, if guys can keep going through six and seven innings like Nathan Avaldi and Jordan Montgomery, then the Rangers are in a really good place. I'm really enjoying the like the live sounds of Baltimore. It feels like we're there with you, so this is this is fantastic. But I think you're right. Absolutely, seeing starters go deep in these games gives the Rangers a significantly better chance of competing. That leads me though to ask you: How many of the starters that the that the Rangers have at their discretion do you feel comfortable asking them to go deep, expecting them to go deep? And with that also being the case, um, why Andrew Heaney for Game One? Do we have any uh, insight into that decision? Um, I actually don't have any more insight than you guys do since the Rangers announced it after we left the ballpark. I mean, I think we were all expecting Dane Dunning to be the starter for tomorrow, uh, especially with how this, you know, rotation is playing out. Um, and Andrew Heaney really hasn't had a full workload in it about a month since he went back to the bullpen when Nathan Ovaldi came off the IL. So I'm really not sure we see him go, you know, six, seven innings like we have with, like I said, Nathan Ovaldi, Jordan Montgomery. But it, it does seem like the Rangers are setting up a sort of pity, piggyback situation here, whether that's with uh, Martin Perez behind him or, you know, Dane Dunning himself. So I'll be very interested to see what Bruce Bochy says about their thought process going into this. But 
you know, Andrew Heaney pitched a, a real gem in Seattle to clinch the postseason in game 161. I mean, he, he seems like a guy who is maybe made for the moment, who's excited to step up in this situation, especially with the season that he's had. He called it Jekyll and Hyde. He never felt like he really hit a groove. Um, but he's excited to be this sort of Swiss Army knife and to help the team in any way he can. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do against this young Baltimore team. And going back, just just to reiterate, like outside of Montgomery and Evaldi, who who are the pitchers, the starters on this team that you feel comfortable saying they can give you a quality start in these postseason? Uh, I mean, I, I trust Dane Dunning, and I definitely do. You've seen him all season long step up in place of, of Jacob DeGrom in the rotation, and nobody's going to be Jacob DeGrom, but, you know, Dane Dunning posted a sub-4 ERA for the first time in his short, big league career. He's, you know, shown that he can eat innings. He sh- he's shown that he can keep hitters off balance. You know, he doesn't have the velocity of a Jacob DeGrom, but he does have the stuff and the command that can, you know, keep things going and keep the Rangers in a good place. And, you know, John Gray's on the I.O. right now, so you can't – you have to, you know, make do with what you have. And I, I think if you have to use Dunning and Heaney and piggyback them in any sort of way that you can or, or just make this work, I, th- I think the Rangers are in a good place to be able to do that. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers, joining us on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on your home of the Rangers, 105 through the fan. The story of this postseason so far offensively for this team, Kennedy, has been the 21-year-old Evan Carter and what he has done so far in the postseason. What have you seen from him? What have you marveled most about what he's done and what he can present to this Baltimore Orioles pitching staff in this series? I mean, everything I've seen from Evan Carter is everything that I saw at Frisco. It's everything that I saw you know, two games in Round Rock. I think seven games I think he played in Round Rock and Triple A. Um, you know, this is a, a phenomenal kid with an advanced feel of the strike zone. He has a, a really, you know, well-established, you know, hit tool that you don't really see 21-year-olds have. You know, he takes his walks. He drives the ball to all fields. He has a lot of power and a pretty small frame, uh, skinny frame, I should say, obviously. Um, and, and he just looks, you know, phenomenal. He looks exactly like, you know, the number eight prospect in all of baseball, like MLB Pipeline has and has. Uh, he probably should be higher if we, you know, consider what he's been doing since he came up. I think he's provided such a start to this Rangers lineup that the team uh, got called up, and he's also uh, really just been able to really link from that lineup and look at him. You know, that in the nine hole, he turned it over to the receiver and Marcus Simeon, and, and things look really good when you have a guy like that Kenny, you still there with us? Yeah. Okay. There cool. is a high school boys uh, soccer team that just walked into the hotel. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Tell them to pipe down back there. We're That's right. To do a radio show right here. Okay. Also, if, just visually, can you tell? Does it look like this a good high school boys soccer team or a bad high school boys soccer team? I think they're on top of it. I think they're on top of it. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so the thing I've been interested about with this uh, Baltimore team, and I'm wondering if you can give me any, any insight, is. They're, they're clearly lost one of the better closures in this league in Felix Bautista to injury. But I was looking at you know, a statistic that pointed to their bullpen ERA being pretty much the exact same before and after they lost him. But, of course, Yainir uh, Cano is not Felix Bautista. Like, what is the concern level or what, wh- how do you view this bullpen that the Rangers are going to be facing off against in this series? Yeah, I think that uh, it, it's obviously a loss when you lose one of the best closers in baseball. Um, but I, I think the Rangers have faced some very good pitching over the last two weeks. And this is an offense that can really compete uh, with the highest level of arms in Major League Baseball. 
Um, I, I would say it's not an overly, uh, a really huge concern for Baltimore, honestly, because they look really good and they look very comfortable. But I think if any team can make them struggle, uh, it, it can be the Texas Rangers. They, especially if they play like they did in Tampa. I mean, that's a really good pitching staff over there and a really good bullpen over there as well. And they really made these pitchers work hard. They saw a lot of pitches. Um, they took their walks. They, they fouled off a lot. You know, they, they got the stars out of the air really early and then faced some really good relievers that they also were able to score off of. So I don't think this is a, uh, a really huge, uh, you know, hurdle for the Rangers to overcome. Uh, and I, I also think the, the Baltimore Orioles are confident in what they have, but they also acknowledge that this Rangers team is very good and the offense is really hard to compete against. So before we get your, your prediction for your LSU Tigers taking on my partner oh, yeah. here's uh, Missouri Tigers, um, I'm interested. Obviously, you're hanging out with other beat writers and other folks who are, you know, covering this team. I'm assuming that it, the, you know, the topic comes to work. What is kind of the scuttlebutt? What is the conversation about when it comes to these Rangers amongst the people that are actively covering the scene? Um, I think the the real conversation that we get to is that we don't understand this team at all. Um, <laughs> it's a it's just a very confusing team. You saw so much, especially in the second half after the trade deadline. There was a lot of a lot of win streaks, a lot of losing streaks. Um, it was just never one consistent thing. They looked really good, and then they looked really bad. And the, I mean, the bullpen's been, you know, the one consistent the bullpen has needed to, to step up in many, you know, big spots. But other than that, it's we're kind of like, wow, what is what is this team doing? You know, after Seattle, we were like, oh, this is rough. They're going to go into Tampa after a long flight, and you know, the situations aren't in their favor. And they just, you know, came through and kind of really handled the Tampa Bay Rays like they were a, a little league team at times and you know now coming into Baltimore it's like hey this is a really young arts upstart club that looks really good really confident won their division and you know it seems like something that, uh, that the Rangers can make shake and can you know rattle them but you know with the with the Camden Yards crowd behind them on a you know Friday afternoon you never know so there's, there's a lot to, to think about with this Rangers team and they're, they're very confusing like I said. All right, Kennedy. Let's uh, let's, let's go and uh, <laughs> handle business. Handle business, okay? My number twenty-one Missouri Tigers hosting your number twenty-three LSU Tigers on Sunday, or excuse me, tomorrow morning at eleven a.m. Uh, tell me why my Tigers won't run through your LSU Tigers after giving up seven hundred eleven yards last week to uh, to Ole Miss. <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, this LSU defense does not look great. Um, I've been joking all week. I spent all my whole life hoping for LSU to have, have an offense to match the phenomenal defense that we've always had. And we just it's flipped on its head now. Um, I don't know how we got here, but I, I think the reason LSU wins this game is because if you put the ball in Jaden Daniels' hands right now, he can make something happen. Um, and he looks really good. His receiving core, Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors, you know, that's a really good offense that runs really well, again, right through J.D., I think if any reason the Rangers, I mean, LSU wins any game this season, it'll be because of Jaden Daniels and almost nothing else. <laughs> All I heard was Mizzou by 21. All right. All right. Very okay. good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> you can find her on Twitter at Ken Landry covering the Texas Rangers for MLB.com. She will be all over this series in Baltimore when the Texas Rangers open up the division series against the Orioles tomorrow at high noon. Kennedy Landry, good enough to join us here on the Get Right. Kennedy, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank y'all for having me. Always. There she goes. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers. Proud LSU Tiger as well. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right. Not the only one we'll hear from tonight. That's right. It's a star-studded uh, LSU Tiger version uh, of the Get Right. David Hellman of Fox Sports going to be joining us at 920. 
I uh, can't wait to talk to him about not only this weekend in the NFL. No, you you want to talk at him a little uh, bit. That's yeah, what, just, really just, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, coming up next, though, we go around the National Football League, get you caught up on the latest news and notes, including a big injury in Miami on their offensive line. We'll talk about it next on 105 Through the Fam. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Larry D. Flores on the down for here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. We're also live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Search 105.3 The Fan on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you are there with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Coming up at the top of the hour, little Cowboys superlatives. Going into week five as the Cowboys take on the San Francisco 49ers. We do that at the top of the hour here on 105 through the fan. A big weekend of sports action here in the Metroplex. Obviously, you got the Rangers and the Orioles kicking off game one of the American League Division Series in Baltimore. You've got Texas OU at 11 o'clock, not too far from us at the Cotton Bowl. And, of course, the Cowboys and the 49ers in Santa Clara, California. Come hang out with me and Reg at Old 75 Beer Garden on Sunday evening uh, for the official watch party as we watch the Cowboys take on San Francisco at Old 75 Beer Garden. Come together, as a family. Together. Uh, all of Cowboys Nation and the Tolos come hang out with us at Old 75 Beer Garden off just 75 uh, in Richardson. So looking forward to hanging out with y'all on Sunday evening. With that, Larry, let's go around the National Football League as we do. Uh, let's start across the pond as the London Jaguars uh, take on the Buffalo Bills this weekend. And uh, apparently the Buffalo Bills may be getting their best pass rusher back possibly as soon as Sunday. Isn't that right, Mr. Rappaport? Apparently it's not. Seems to not be right, KG. No. Well, we'll get it in a second. My personal correspondent is taking a break from me, apparently, at this particular moment. Yeah, he's uh, sick of you. He said, you need to pay him for as much you got him working he on the show. He gets paid enough. <laughs> I'm sure he gets paid enough by the, <laughs> the NFL uh, to do his work on the uh, the NFL Network. We'll get to Ian Rappaport here in just a moment. Uh, big injury, though. Speaking of the uh, AFC East uh, in Miami, Teron Armstead uh, has been placed on injured reserve for the Miami Dolphins. So a Yikes. big, big injury for them uh, on their offensive line. So... Uh, we'll have more detail on that. Here is Ian Rappaport on what the B- Buffalo Bills could be getting back this weekend. John Miller is on the way to London with his teammates, which is also pretty significant. This was a real question. Von Miller, of course, tore his ACL on in early December last year, and there's some real questions about when he was going to be able to get back on the field. Started on the PUP list, obviously has not played the first four games, started practicing this week, and it was like, well, let's see, let's make sure not to rush him. He has wanted to be on the field. He would, of course, listen to the team, but he wants to play. The fact that he is traveling with his teammates to London means there is a shot that he gets to play this week. So that's huge uh, for, obviously, for the Buffalo Bills. Von Miller, as he mentioned, uh, been dealing with that torn ACL. So, look, man, if they are able to get him back, that's just more uh, fuel to that fire, that pass rush for the Buffalo Bills there. Uh, if they get Von Miller back here. And the pass rush has been very good already yes. this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Add Von Miller to that, and I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Uh, when it comes to their e- you know EPA per drop back, they are third 
in the league behind Woo. the number one Dallas Cowboys and the number two Cleveland Browns. So, like, <laughs> hey, man, they be getting after it already. You had yeah. dropped Von Miller in that. And, hey, hey, mm-hmm. Trevor, buddy. Yeah. You remember how you had that athleticism? We don't need you to flaunt that. <laughs> uh, which is why that makes that injury for the Miami Dolphins that much bigger uh, with Teron Armstead being placed on injured reserve today. Uh, the talented left tackle will not be available uh, for a little while for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, yeah uh, that, that's tough for the Dolphins, but I know that's also a team that, as we know, as we've noted a few times, like they're they're getting the ball out quickly, and maybe I don't know that necessarily that's going to make this easier, but hopefully that will help out in this uh, getting the ball out in space and not putting Tua in uh, in harm's way because of course we're always going to have to come back to this idea of. That's not really a dude that you want to get hit. Now, you don't want to get your quarterback hit at all, but obviously there is a there's an additional level of fear that rightfully exists when it comes to Tua Tungabalo and, uh, and hits from the defense. Speaking of the Dolphins and that speed, they added a guy who, if nothing else, is fast, uh, and that's Chase Claypool. What uh, was his 40? I can't remember, but Mike McDaniel talking about it today said, look, you know, he's fast. And he ran a 4 4 2? Yeah, he's a fast guy. Maybe not, you know, fast when it comes to thinking all okay. that much. Okay. All right. Um, but Mike McDaniel talking today about Chase Claypool and the fresh start that he hopes to get in Miami. Everybody hears things. Okay. Um, and so yeah, I think it's very, very important that you let people tell you who they are. Um, and I see better than I hear. You, you don't, there's so many things that can go on, certain circumstances, um, you know, whether that, from my, my vantage point, I look at it like this. I'm not going to make myself wrong with something that I don't know by judging X, Y, or Z. We give you the opportunity to define who you are in the most honest, organic, real way possible. And that's open mind, clean slate, let's go. Clear heart, full eyes, can't lose. Got it. Um, Wait, who'd you (laughs) say that was? That was Black Mike. There you go. That's right. Yeah, Uh, that's right. That's right. right. uh, Apparently, Swaggy Booty said he sounds high. I just want you to understand, he grew up in Denver, so I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. It, he, he got out to a little slow start there. I was like, all right, uh, uh, come on, Mike, the, now. The point, <laughs> I understood the point. He he took his sweet time getting there. But he, I, he did. I understood the point. The idea being, look, man, I can't afford to just go off of what everybody else is saying about you. Um, I will get to know you myself. I understand that, but also, like, that's kind of how reputations work. But look, man, if that's a team that needed a wide receiver with some injuries that they have dealt with, uh, that man Craycraft is one of the ones that got injured. And so they were like, we need a wide receiver. That's a dude who's not playing for that team that we could probably get for cheap, and they got him for real cheap. I think they got him for swapping a sixth for a seventh. That's right. Not in this next draft, but the draft after that. 2025, yeah. So, like, I feel like he had to come in and be like, yeah, no, I don't care about that other stuff. I'm just going to find out how he is by myself. Like, it's somewhat self-serving. but um, And he said it in his press conference today. He's like, look, he's fast, okay? <laughs> yeah, what you want me to do? He, he's fast. He'll, he'll fit in. And look, if look if Mike McDaniel can get something out of Chase Claypool within that offense, who boy? And if he can't, who boy? And that's if he an can't, even bigger who boy. But if he can't, 
It didn't cost him all that much. No, no, no. Not, at that point, I'm not talking about who woo boy for the Dolphins. I'm yeah. talking about woo boy for Chase Claypool. Yeah. That would yeah. be really tough. But um, Because this is office that's tailor-made for him and the skill set that he has. Yeah. Uh, Ho- I mean, hopefully, you like to see people find their place and catch on. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, for all parties in par- involved, I hope it goes well for them. Uh, speaking of going well, things are going much better for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he has clear concussion protocol, and he will be good to go when the Packers take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night football at Allegiant Stadium. So, of course, Garoppolo suffered the concussion during week three's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and missed last week's game against the Los Angeles Chargers, which was a loss for the Raiders. But Jimmy Garoppolo is good to go for Sunday, or excuse me, Monday night when they take on the Green Bay Packers. So they will have their starting quarterback to take on Jordan Love and Green Bay game in Vegas on Monday night football. Uh, Speaking of the Packers, David Bakhtiari is needing another knee surgery. He is done for the season for the Green Bay Packers. He will need at least one more surgery on his left knee. The fifth that he has had since tearing his ACL on December 31st, 2020, he will not be able to return for the rest of the year for the Green Bay Packers there. Yeah, but here's the thing. How many games has David Bakhtiari played this season? Uh, he has just played in 13 of, out of 38 regular season sure, games. Sure, How many has he played this injury? season? Uh, Let me help you out. One. Yeah, uno. Yeah, right. Like this, they, They've they been going in a place where they kind of week to week were going, yeah, we kind of have to prepare as if he is not going to be there. So having to do that over a longer stretch, I imagine, is not something that's going to be all that indifferent. Man, that, that dude might be done, which is tough because like when healthy, one of the better linemen in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, however, very much not healthy. Have you heard that one before? That sound familiar? Yeah. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. An entirely, well, largely unrelated thing. Um, I looked up David Bakhtiari to be able to double check on how many games he had played. Um, there's obviously three photos of him. And the fourth photo that I see on this page is of none other <laughs> than David Hellman for some reason. Um, I don't know if Google thinks that David looks like David. Bakhtiari or what. I mean, they do have the same first name. Maybe that's what it was. I Maybe. Don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, unfortunate news for David Bakhtiari done for the season uh, with yet another surgery needed on that knee. Someone who is coming back, though, and going to be excited to see him on the field. Sean McVay expects Cooper Cup to play, barring any setbacks, as the Rams take on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, this coming weekend. Of course, on Wednesday, the team uh, started and activated Cup's 21-day practice window, allowing him to practice for the first time this season. He's, of course, been dealing with a hamstring injury so far this season. He looks like he will be ready to play uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, so... I'm sure Matthew Stafford's best friend is excited to be back on the field to catch passes uh, from the Super Bowl champion quarterback. Yeah, good. They're going to be necessary for him, right? Like, obviously, you want to have all uh, pieces available to you when you take on one of the better teams. Um, and in this case, the Eagles still count as that. Oh, how about this? Did not see this until just now. Uh, speaking of wide receivers that are coming back, looks like Odell Beckham Jr. is on his way back for, ah. the, for the Baltimore Ravens. And it looks like he'll be ready to play. Uh, in Sunday's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, he's been dealing with an ankle injury uh, that's had him miss the past two games. So Lamar Jackson getting back the big free agent acquisition this past year uh, for the Ravens. Odell Beckham Jr. going to be on the field. Uh, the 30-year-old, of course, um, hurt his ankle on the opening drive in their win over Cincinnati back on the 17th of September. So OBJ ready to play 
for Baltimore this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be very necessary for this Ravens team that, you know, obviously they, they've looked a little so, so early when it comes to the new uh, the new offense under Todd Monken. Mm-hmm. But there have been good things happening, but obviously the injuries do not help that. I'm interested to see what integrating Odell Beckham Jr. back into that will do to maybe help the offense look better in a full in a more fuller way. But, you know, the, the X's and O's are, are thus that there's a foundation for when this thing gets healthy, the passing attack could be really scary, ultimately. Just a reminder of the schedule this weekend in week five of the National Football League. Of course, Chicago took care of business against Washington on Thursday night football. You got Jackson at Buffalo in London uh, on Sunday. Houston takes on the Atlanta Falcons. The Panthers visit the fighting by the kneecaps of Detroit, Tennessee at Indianapolis. You got the Giants will catch a beat down at the hands of the Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, Saints at New England, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. The Eagles in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Cincinnati desperately needs a win. They visit the Arizona Cardinals. The Jets take on the Denver Broncos in the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Uh, Kansas City at Minnesota. Dallas at San Francisco on Sunday Night Football. And to cap off week number five, the Green Bay Packers visit the Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers all on their bye week this week for week five of the National Football League. That's your trip around the NFL here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, Week Five's Cowboy Superlatives. Who has the most to gain, the most to lose, and the most to prove against San Francisco on Sunday Night Football? We talk about it next on 105 Through the Fan.